So you know the saying that there's more than meets the eye? Well, I can't think of a more perfect person this applies to than Kazumi. On top of being one of the highest earning creators on OnlyFans, she's secretly a marketing genius who's used some of the most creative and strategic methods to make over $5 million in a relatively short amount of time. Five million net, not gross. Oh, oh my crazy. God. But first we should mention this episode's gonna be a little bit more explicit than the usual episode. So if you have kids or Gigi, my grandma, if you're watching this, turn it off right now, just letting you know so you aren't surprised we also want to give everyone a chance to talk and we think that we could learn something from everybody and this is one of those episodes that i think is incredibly interesting kazumi has an amazing story and it was very enlightening for me personally and i'm sure you felt similarly so we couldn't be more excited to share this with you guys and with that said let's get on to the podcast but first we got to thank our sponsor kudos because like you we enjoy saving money but sometimes saving money could end up costing more time than it's worth just like when you spent 45 minutes looking for a free parking spot when it would have just cost us like two dollars when was this this is, all, this this is, like is, every this day. is many times many times well today's sponsor kudos will not only save you money but also time and it's also super easy to use kudos is a free smart wallet that helps you get the most rewards and benefits out of your credit cards whenever you shop online just shop around like normal and at checkout kudos will show you the best cards that get you the most amount of money back into your pocket since every card has so many hidden benefits like purchase protection or travel insurance remembering exactly which card is best is pretty much impossible this is why the average user unlocks 750 dollars a year of value with kudos just think of all the extra travel or things that you could do with the extra money i was buying a christmas gift for my editor the other day and i was going to use my amex platinum until kudos automatically recommended i use the amazon rewards visa card which earns me five percent cash back to be honest i didn't even remember i had kudos installed yet it still saved me money so to celebrate for the holidays we're partnering with kudos and giving the first 1,000 people a ten dollar amazon gift card when you sign up by december 25th just a reminder you should probably get it done sooner than later since you only have a week left all you have to do is click the link down below in the the description sign up with the code ICH and then make your first autofill purchase with kudos and you'll get a free $10 Amazon gift card so stop throwing away free money and take back what's already yours by signing up for kudos free today and now with that said let's get back to the, back podcast. To the podcast do you guys out. have the cutest podcast set up do, do you mind if I use that on my website for branding yes, yes I yeah, actually yeah, do yeah. mind yeah. I actually do no, mind I'm not asking you Jack okay yeah. Jack what's up with your hair yeah dude oh, I don't know wild. man no we're starting the, we've started hair. the podcast you look like one of those like TikTok guys you know, like those like fluffy broom head TikTok oh, guys. Well, all right, well, let's just not cut to this camera for a little bit. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining, Kazumi. Thank Thanks you. for having really me. Really appreciate back again. it. What brings you back to Las Vegas? I well, we did this podcast a few months ago. I misinterpreted what I, what the podcast is about and i felt like i just talked about um sex like a hundred percent of the time and i should have just talked about how sex makes me a lot of money a hundred percent of the time so, so, the, so, so i'm rebranding that's a way to put it yeah okay. basically <laughs> what happened is we filmed with kazumi what was that like three four months ago i i'm just a new girl it was you know? it was quite some time ago and we brought it on the podcast it was i don't know a month or two after we shot with stella and that podcast did great yeah. everyone loved People it really liked that one yeah. and we had you on and I feel like 95% of the conversation was just like, I'm here to talk strategy yeah. and fun games and whatnot. We make the podcast as if his grandma's watching and she okay. is. Hi. And so we want to make it appropriate for everyone's grandma. Hi, Jack's grandma. <laughs> so Kazumi, you're in Vegas because apparently you like to eat soup in Vegas and also do a bunch of podcasts in Vegas. Yes. I come here for podcasts and soup and that's the only reason I will come to the city. <laughs> I have seen you blowing up. On like TikTok, YouTube Shorts, YouTube, everything. So have I actually. The amount of clips that are that are spiraling right now. Me too. She's all over my feed everywhere. What's up with your feed? It's TikToks. I am like a cancer you just cannot destroy. I 
You know who inspired me, actually? I hate this guy. I think he's my Hitler. But Andrew Tate and his affiliate program. I did something quite similar with my Discord where I had my simps make memes of me and, like, populate TikTok and stuff. And just kind of just keep multiplying memes and rewards for nudes. So you emulated <laughs> the Tate marketing model. It's basically. like the antithesis, antithesis of Tate, yeah. But you you did the same thing where you got people to make memes and stuff, yeah. posted it everywhere, hope, hoped it went viral. Yeah. And then that kind of like drove traffic to your OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. But I do instead of giving them money, you gave them nudes? I gave them something of equal or higher value, yes. No, you did not. <laughs> yes. If they, I gave them, it, it depended. Like sometimes I'd be like, okay, if let something goes viral, that's a free video. Or like, let's say like if you get this amount of followers, I incentivize you in some certain way. But either way, I wanted a lot of people to see me all the time, everywhere, regardless of what your algorithm says. So, wow. yeah, that's what I I've mean, been doing. Smart. So how, what's the threshold then? Is it like 500,000 views, a million views? Or like, how do you, what's the tier list? I would list? say at this point right now, it's more so... I, I used to... I'm, I'm pivoting to focusing more on quality because some yeah. of my Sims memes were... Like, I was like, who... Like, that's not funny. Like, what the... Right. Um, but I have my own team that like gets a lot of like what I do on podcasts, YouTubes and skits and they make their own little TikToks and like people will make memes out of like what currently exists as well. And how wow. have you seen that transform your OnlyFans business? Do you see like that actually helps a ton? That's a viable business model? Yeah, I just cleared my fifth million. So that's what, what really your cool. fifth million. So I made four million on April and as of a few days ago I hit five million. So that was my wow. fastest million I've ever made by myself. Which oh my is gosh, cool. congratulations. Thank you. Is that five million in like net? Five million net, not gross. Oh, oh my gosh. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. The IRS is gonna love you. I they yeah. love me and I hate them and the state of california too is i know i've been thinking happy. about yeah. vegas and like moving somewhere else. i've been yeah. thinking about ultimately moving to europe i just came back from berlin a few days ago and i just found it just i just felt like it made a lot more okay. sense over there yeah got it but so, it's just been it's just been kind of like how do i make sure you're seeing me no matter what <laughs> you know yeah. so you did five million dollars in that what net profit basically mm -hmm. since the beginning of your OnlyFans career? Yes. We'll talk a little bit more about the numbers, but how did you get into this specific business? So specifically it was, I was a marketing executive before I had my OnlyFans and I just, during the advent of COVID, I just did, I wanted a remote job and I wanted residual income and OnlyFans was kind of it. So I already was comfortable with people seeing me like that. I've already dealt with that social stigma without getting paid for it. So I was like, I might as well start making money off of it but i didn't have a social media the first year i made an OnlyFans because i didn't want my parents to find out and i just wanted to be super discreet so i focus a lot on making memes um and that was kind of like how i would make a lot of my income first starting out how, how would you make a meme my first ever meme was a picture uh, i photoshopped i photoshopped a picture of myself on a fox news um, headline saying I got kicked out of Harvard and that blew up everywhere and went on like world star and went on no jumper and went on all these other Big platforms board. and I wasn't I didn't have to get naked or be hot because I just didn't think I was a hot girl back then that would get followers for being hot I felt like I could get followers for creating discussion which is what I did got it but how would that then drive traffic to OnlyFans if you're worried about your parents finding out mm -hmm. wouldn't that be very likely to be found out I I just didn't want to I think first and foremost, I just was really insecure of how I looked. I didn't think I looked, the f I fit the bill of what an Instagram model looked at the time. That was mm -hmm. before I got boobs and a BBL and 
shit like that so i just was like i feel like the best way and also just in general you don't send your homies pictures of hot girls you send your homies memes you know like what causes conversation what causes what creates a community is are our memes and i felt like that was also a safe way to get people onto my platform without me sharing too much got it so what's the harvard meme could you explain this the harvard meme was me pretending that to get kicked out of harvard yeah for doing what for having an OnlyFans. how did you how did you spin that i i mean i just what do you mean how did i spin like that? like how did you create it from like start to like how did you come up with the idea how did you execute I wanted, what do you post it i what i did was i made the meme and then i messaged so at the time i would buy i would grow my following by buying promo so you could message like big instagram influencers obviously big twitter influencers influencers and and even like news outlets and have them like pedal out these stories and i would pay them and instead of hot pictures i would send them these memes and then people would argue in the comments or they would put it on their story and be like what an idiot and that would be how people would start blowing up my page and how much were you making before this meme blew up before no jumper i was making about 50k a week and that was a a, week yeah so so i was making about 200k months um for a while before i got no jumper and before i started like really getting it myself in the limelight but with the advent of no jumper i realized like the power of podcasts which is why i'm here today because i just feel like that's the easiest way to make a meme because instagram and tiktok promotes reels and videos in the algorithm and that's the easiest way to just cause discussion instead of photoshopping my face onto fun things and stuff like that what were you like in uh in like high school and before in high school i was pretty slutty i think i was really awkward i wanted to be a film student you know what i mean okay sure i went to film school ultimately in college like i actually went to community college and i wanted to be a screenwriter and stuff like that I, i dropped out um to do my marketing thing um but i was pretty awkward I was pretty awkward. I would say I always was pretty intense, you know, like I felt like in my marketing job and like in my film, like my mini film career, I was like just a very obsessive, intense person. And I just wanted to kind of conquer things. I feel like I don't think I've conquered OnlyFans just yet. I feel like people like Amaraf have totally like done huge things of that space. But I've been like navigating like just how to take over the internet in different ways like with youtube and stuff like that so i just made my youtube interesting and let's talk a little bit more about this marketing executive position what exactly was it and do you think that your experience being a marketing executive translated to i don't know better funnels into your only so fans? it's honestly hilarious when i like recounted because that was what my title was but i'm pretty sure what i was in was actually an mlm <laughs> because every morning they would put us in this space called Atmo, which was short for atmosphere. And they would just kind of like have a bunch of sp- speeches every morning, like Tony Robbins and sh- And we would internalize that for an hour. It's just, it's straight, it's bizarre to explain. It sounds like an MLM. So yeah, no, was it was that? definitely okay. MLM behavior. Well, explain the business structure then. How does it work? It wasn't necessarily an MLM where I had to recruit people to continue the business, but it was something similar like i had to build a team and it had the promise of like you know becoming a six-figure ceo and having your own office it was definitely an mlm you know (laughs) but i will say in like my own twist i felt like it was really good for me to just kind of i was very impressionable at the time and being in kind of like a positive headspace about success and working hard and like pulling myself by the bootstraps was really good for me to internalize at a young age because i felt i felt like it just helped me not get embarrassed first and foremost, because it was quite embarrassing. They would have me go door to door. They would have me go to B2B and stuff. And those things helped me just kind of learn how to like 
you know, just make sure that like I at the time lived in South Central, you know, and it was at the time like if I was not able to like hit my goal, my situation is still shitty when I come home. So I felt like it helped me internalize like I have to do this myself. Yeah. Where are your parents from? My parents are from the Philippines. And when did they come to America? Um, they I'm bo- I'm raised in L.A. Yeah. So they've been here like for like 25 plus years. Got it. And why were you trying to hide it from them? They would commit seppuku if they found out what I did. I also just feel like in general, a social media career is not something that my parents would respect anyways. But when my parent, when I was 19, my parents kicked me out. So we just have general beef. (laughs) Wait, why did they kick you out? I had a curfew at 10 PM. I got home at 1030. um, And they just gave me a bunch of trash, trash bags. And they were like, you just got to go. I didn't have a phone until I turned 18 and I didn't go outside for reasons beyond schoolwork. Um, until I turned 17. So I had a really sheltered upbringing, but I was on the internet a lot. And I feel like that's why I'm able to navigate the world pretty well right now with like memes and community building in that aspect. Why do you think they were so strict? Asian parents are pretty strict in general. I don't want to lean into stereotypes, yeah. but a lot of me and my friends had just had similar um, situations like that. My parents are first generation immigrants. They came from the Philippines. I was the, I'm the oldest daughter. So they def- and I also am just a little crazy. So I feel like they just were like, you just cannot go outside. When I was in the eighth grade, I held a boy's hand in front of the Claire's at the mall and they transferred me to a different school district in a different city. And they told me I couldn't have any social media and they tracked oh, and I had wow. a tracking device on my phone it was just very intense all the time and how did they you find know? out you're holding a guy's hand i was about to ask that my my friends oh yeah they just word of mouth just somehow yeah i guess they like asked my mom's my friend's mom like where they were they found where we were and then that was it wow. <laughs> so i have this theory where if you have helicopter parents that like watch your every move and they're extremely strict on you it creates a rebellious nature in you that's uh-huh. kind of hard to shake and as you get older you just tend to like to rebel and go against your parents words and then the same goes for like the inverse where if they give you like way mm-hmm. too much freedom that it it's, it's also a little bit dangerous i think somewhere in the middle is probably the, uh-huh. the best way of parenting did, did you find that to be true in your own personal I, life i feel like it's hard to say because i'm obviously like very outwardly like i did i have done a bunch of like pretty crazy and depraved sexual acts in my outside life you know but i i also feel like i i don't know how much of that is because my parents were just really strict they weren't that strict to my rudder and he is also a normal person so i guess that's like kind of proof that like i guess it must have affected me in some way but i feel i find myself like I was lucky enough to like explore those sexual moments in my life in very safe and protected spaces, which is why I feel like I have a good understanding of who I am right now. But first, we want to thank today's sponsor, StreamYard. If you want to get into podcasting like us, you don't have to build an expensive setup. And StreamYard is the best way to produce high-quality content directly from your browser. StreamYard is a live streaming studio platform perfect for people looking to get into content creation without having to worry about all the editing, setup, and post-production that comes with it. You can stream directly to Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and tons of other platforms. They also make it easy to brand and customize your videos before you even go live. You could also multi-stream social media platforms to be able to maximize your reach across the entire internet. Whether you want to start live streaming or just easily record new content, StreamYard makes it simple to get professional and high quality content every single time. So do not waste countless hours on production, setup, and editing and get started for free today with the link down below in the description. Again, the link is down below in the description. And now with that said, let's get back to the podcast. podcast. So getting home at 1030 and then you got kicked out of your parents' house. Was Mm -hmm. it like that night? Were they up waiting for you? Yeah, my dad was up waiting for me. 
Um, what happened then was I stayed with my ex for a time and then it just got really bad and then he kicked me out. And eventually I was couch surfing in a little and unhoused for a little bit and then I came back to my parents when I figured out it's really hard to just not have a place to stay in Los Angeles, especially as a girl. I didn't know how to my parents didn't let me learn how to drive or take the bus oh, wow. or or get a job until like way older so i just didn't really have the social skills so i felt like i would have to they kept me really dependent on them um and then i had another ex-boyfriend and he kind of did the same thing where he kicked me out once we broke up as well and i felt like those moments in my life um paired with me joining this like mlm was it kind of like was my training grounds for learning how to become extremely financially independent you know because in my mind i was just like i don't want to need someone i want to want someone i don't want to need my dad or need a boyfriend or need anyone in my life to make sure that my situation is like livable i need to make sure my own situation is good and i feel like that kind of combination is how i've been able to kind of be successful now yeah do you have any direct stories or, or moments in time where things got extremely challenging maybe like you just got kicked out of someone's house and it's like 11 p.m and you don't know where you're staying that next night so i had another ex-boyfriend and he cheated on me as well and he told me i had to leave by sa saturday and i was like okay so and what day was it it was thursday mm -hmm. <laughs> so i had $300 in savings and I reached out to this friend and she let and then she was in charge of this like queer co-op it was like a co-op full of like all trans and queer people it was like an old frat house that like you know like 30 people would live in there like people would live in the living room for 10 bucks a night just to like sleep on the floor and if you wanted a room it would be 300 a, a, a month so i was able to stay there for a little bit until you know people just kicked us out because you're not supposed to do that and um, I was able to save up for my place in South Central, which is when I had that marketing job. And on New Year's Eve 2019, someone um, kind of someone broke into my house and destroyed everything. I don't know what the universe issue with me was at the time because I was just like, I can't catch a break this is crazy so i moved back into my parents house again and it was just hard because my parents you know just always had issues with what i did like when i dropped out when i was in college for film school they had an issue when i dropped out of it to do this mlm they had an issue obviously and so like me losing my house again for the third time or second or third time was just kind of their like signification like look you are meant to fail like you there is nothing that sh says that you are going to be a great person you know you make the wrong choices and you can't think for yourself and whenever i was home it was just a very painful experience for me kazumi can i ask you how your relationship with your parents currently is because i'm sure that growing up strict asian parents like you were saying they were getting mad at you for everything i want to know how they felt one when they found out you had an only fans oh they don't know i have an only fans oh. <laughs> How do they not know? No, you they know have to know. They, have they don't to know. Where do they, they, do they know? All the they money's coming it. from. I literally just talk about cryptocurrency till they tell me to shut the f up. They're just like, <laughs> but we don't really talk like that. And they I, and must, I, they must know. Yeah, they have. They, to know. they probably are acting know, blind because, to it. Yeah, they, that's what they, I'm thinking. No, my dad would beat my ass if he knew what it was. It's kind of funny because I talk about it openly on podcasts. Yeah. and it's also like I also have a billboard on Sunset Boulevard with my face on you it. You do? I do. I. What? That was where my, on Sunset Boulevard? It was on Sunset and Highland. It's like the main street. I had How a billboard. How much was that? Let me guess. Let me guess. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get. Can I guess? Okay. No, no. I had no. a discount. I had a discount. Oh, yeah, but I how, had many, a how many months did you buy? Uh, one month. 
One month? How far in advance did you book it? Like two weeks before. Two weeks before. (laughs) That means they didn't book it. So uh, my guess is... it was during Halloween. It was October. It just it just oh, got gosh. taken down. I would say the market value of that, like you said, Jack, is probably thirty. I'm gonna guess they gave it to you for twenty. It was originally like seventeen. I got them down to twelve. Wow. Yeah. How did you negotiate? It's just a simple. Um, they are they had had a few OnlyFans girls um use the same location before, mm. so I think they kind of were like, this is just great viral advertisement. Every that, time I do this, does that work? So I did not write on my billboard, "Hey, this is Kazumi's OnlyFans." What I wrote was. Kazumi, please notice me. P.S. You have the best OnlyFans in the world. So, oh my God. <laughs> so genius. I was just wow. like, I made a YouTube video and I was like, whoa, who did that? I don't know who did that. That's smart. <laughs> so people kept posting it and we're like, oh my God, these simps are out of control. Like, I can't believe that a no guy would way. put that there for her. And it was a good discussion piece. That is genius. You know, you know what? If you ever decide to step away from OnlyFans, you have a career in marketing. <laughs> oh, thank you. I swear. That is such a great, like I was trying That's to like think. That's like a Netflix-esque that sort of marketing. That is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The YouTube How video, did you think of that? I just kind of was like, it's really funny the like the relationship people have with porn and sex and women. If I say, "Hey guys, I have a sex tape with this with like my boyfriend in the car." Everyone's like, "Cool, that's not new." But then if I have an account that says, "Hey, I'm Kazumi's ex-boyfriend. Fuck this bitch. Here's her leaked sex tape of us fucking in the car." Everyone buys it because, wow. be, but it's crazy because they don't want to believe they don't want it to come from me. They want it to come oh from a fellow God. jerk face, or they want to make it. They want to feel like women are just kind of like these little NPCs that like react and just like we don't have our own body autonomy. So I've been able, which is why I have my simps make the memes because if I make the memes. Everyone knows it's me and no. they're like, shut up. Whereas if my friends make the memes and they're like, oh, I feel like that's a, just a better story. It's a better thing, discussion. You're calling them simps. Do they <laughs> I like love, that? Yes, they're they my do. simp army. That's yeah. not demeaning? To, like, like, I don't think it's demeaning. I love my simps. But I just, I thought that was just a modern <laughs> name for fans, right? Like, that's, I don't. Is, yeah. I, don't no, I mean, so. if, I mean okay if somebody called me their simp, I'd be like, excuse me. I'd be pulling you? my credit card and fall off there and just I like. I simp for everybody. I I mean, yeah. I simp for Jack. You know oh, what I mean? Stop. I'm a Jack oh, simp. Nice. <laughs> so I, I'm doing this pro bono. I don't have a modeling team or agency, which yeah. sometimes is cool because I take all the money, but sometimes it sucks because I lose all the money too. Like last year, I my accountant was like, hey, so you allegedly said you spent 860000 on marketing last year. Like w- what? And I kind of was like, what? I don't think I did that. And she was like, you did. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And I looked through and I did. IRS, I did. Um, but it was also like, there's a lot of things that flop, you know, like there, for every like cool billboard that everyone sees and like has like a whole ruckus about, there's been a million times I've flown an airplane over a place that was too dusty or I've like flown like a billboard or I've drone, driven like a billboard truck that like no one saw. So it's just kind of been a crapshoot of just figuring it out myself, like what has been a loss and what has been a W for me. Wow. Yeah. How do you think of these ideas? Like, 
what's just, the thought process? I, I just think about what causes discussion, you know, and what is going to be worth the money. I understand what my strengths are. I'm in a saturated market where everyone is a hot girl. And I just have to think about what would make me different. And I kind of was like, truthfully, what makes me the most money is doing podcasts and YouTube skits, because that's like me broadening my audience and creating like a like I'm joining the multiverse when I do podcasts yeah. and like skits of so other people. How much would this podcast make you? I'm just curious. It's going to depend. I mean, obviously I lean into having a great like conversation that fits your market, yeah. but also like, I'm going to get like little bits of this and like repopulate TikTok. You'll see it. Okay. You'll see it on YouTube shorts and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but can you put a dollar amount on that? I'm just curious. Just for my own. It's really funny because one time I tweeted out this thing on my Twitter and I was like, hey guys, where did you guys find me? And the answers are always so eclectic. Like They'll say like, oh, I found you from this podcast or I found you from this magazine. And at the time, I may have not necessarily thought those things went viral, but at like years later and months later, those things compound. So probably a lot, but like over the course of like my OnlyFans career, as long as this YouTube video goes up, I'm going to make money off of it for a long time. Wow. Are there any ideas that you've not done? There's things I want to do. Can you share anything or maybe something that was like too much, like too far? I Anything you shot down? We want a hint. Let me see. There, there's been things that I've like considered, but it's just like there are things that I can do, but they are just things that I have to do in the future. Like at some point, I would like to get an age. I would like to make an agency, you know, or at some point I would want to make an award show. Or I'd want to make something that makes me like sp positions me in a in like a leadership position where everyone is like, okay, Kazumi's that guy for, for this section. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, um, navigating my YouTube and it's been a hard game. Just trying to find out what my voice is. If I just want to like do skits or if I want to do stuff, I've been interacting with my simps or fans, <laughs> you know, a lot. I just paid a simps rent. It was, it, how did I, that work? I've paid, um, my simps rent quite a few times. The first time was I was at no jumper live and I paid for a no jumper fans rent. Um, this time I kind of was like, you know, you guys just pay my bills at the end of the day. I love men and I love my fans and slash simps super well. So I had this, I, I filmed this YouTube thing where I was like, look, if you want me to pay your rent, you know, submit and I'll consider it. And this guy was like, sure. He works at my local Whole Foods. I can never go to Whole Foods ever again. And he tattooed my name on Aww. his arm and it says, Kazumi loves you. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to pay your rent. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of tattoos now. Yeah. People, you know what? Let me backtrack. I mean, Kazumi, you can call me your simp. I, I'm okay with it. Now. <laughs> I'll not, pay not your okay. rent you if you it? tattoo your name right now. <laughs> What, what would you do? <laughs> so, Kazumi, yeah. um, a lot of people that I talk to that are that are women, they're always like, I could make a killing on OnlyFans. I, you know, what what do you say is like, if somebody actually wanted to start an OnlyFans and make a ton of money, what do you think are the top three things that they have to focus on? I like, always, right first of all, whenever a woman says that, I'm like, do it then do it then <laughs> and then i'll be like no i can't because this and that and that's the whole point no. number one you are going to deal with social stigma no matter what i can keep this podcast as clean as possible but and i can tell people how i made five million dollars and how i've done all these cool things and for some people i'm still just a, and that's all i'm ever going to be and that's just something that i'm going to have to deal with as i navigate the world and i apply to houses and you know cars and 
Like that's just a thing that I'm going to deal with. So number one is you are going to deal with social stigma as long as the world has a problem of sex workers, you know, making money and just what, like, like that's going to be a thing, you know, and I, you have to be comfortable with the fact that, you know, I, at this point nowadays, I get into some pretty high level places and it's cool. And then they find out I have an OnlyFans and then it's like, oh, whatever, man, like you're just hot, dude, everyone's hot. It has nothing to do with what you look like. So the first thing is like, look, you're going to deal with the social stigma no matter what. And you're going to have to live with that. And whatever repercussions that is with your family and your friends, you are going, even though in my mind, it's not a big of a deal. My parents don't even know. And I'm this big. Um, the second thing is it is not about the resources you have. It's about how resourceful you are. With OnlyFans, you are able to find your own audience. You don't have to have sex. You don't have to be hot. All you have to do is create value in the marketplace, whatever the f*** that is. That could be you talking about cryptocurrency like Marcus Two Braids, or that could be you shaking your ass like Ruby Rose, or it could be you actually making porn, but it doesn't matter. All you have to do is make people want to buy that. Got it. What are some of the non uh, like sex work or porn people that do OnlyFans that do extremely well? Like you just kind of mentioned, do you know anyone else? Amaraf doesn't have porn on her OnlyFans, and she makes one point five million a month. What is it? What is it? Bikinis or what is it? I think she has an amazing Twitch presence. She also has done stuff like the billboards. She also has probably made her made more investments. Like I know she just bought a Seven Eleven. You know, so yeah. I you know people don't want to pay attention to what OnlyFans what successful OnlyFans girls do and they're just missing game. But I know that she is able to make a lot of money. I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that she doesn't do porn. And, and so like any type, any inch of sensuality you see from her is very stimulating and exciting. What do you think the ratio is between how personable you have to be? Like the, the, the level of people that go after personality versus looks. Like, do you think it's maybe 90% how you look and 10% personality or do you think it's flipped? I think it's easy for people to think it's based on looks because they see these girls on, with huge Instagram followings and then they have an OnlyFans and then you know they're not but breaking their back. Um, but I would say, so I started on Telegram, you know, and, I, and a lot of those girls still don't have OnlyFans. I mean, still don't have social media. Or if they do, they don't show their face because they still are going through school, trying to become a nurse or whatever. And I would say a vast majority of these girls may not be the most conventionally attractive, but they're very smart. You know, they know how to create a good hook. They know with their captions, they know how to create scarcity, you know, with like whatever the fuck they're selling and make you want to buy it. So I would say like a big ratio of women, it's, it's really about like their own like marketing strategies versus how you look. We see the loudest people, which are the people, you know, like Jimmy Smacks and stuff who have, who make these outrageous viral like moves on Instagram and then are also very attractive, but those aren't necessarily the people that make the most money. Because I've seen a lot of these, their numbers, and a lot of them don't make as much as me because they think the social media is all they need to leverage themselves, but they don't know how to explain why you sh I should buy a bikini picture. Some girls are really good at that, and some girls, you know, don't know how to make it seem like a personal experience. Yeah. So, what is your value prop in, like, uh, in OnlyFans? Like, I would say, number one, I think there's a lot of stuff you see about me on the internet that makes you feel like you know who I am on some on some sense. And I feel like I'm, I'm a relatable person, you know, and, or at least admirable. 
I've been to places where I've like thrown condoms on the floor with my barcode, you know? And sometimes guys will be like, you'll be the first OnlyFans girl I subscribe to just because you got that that good heart. You know, you got some grit. You're you're different. I'll subscribe, even though I don't want to see your porn. It's a, it's a good way to show support. How often though are you not in the mood? Like you, you maybe schedule all this stuff out <laughs> and you wake up that morning. It's just like, I just don't feel like doing it today. I feel like I can get there. I, I, I can get there in the mindset I may. And if not, I can, you know, provide value in other ways. Like I have videos, you know, I have a library and a collection that you could just which which makes residual income, even if I don't if I'm not actively horny. And the reason why I do all these podcasts and make all these memes is because I want did money. I want my, I want to have a lifestyle based on money. I on what I used what I did not what I do. Because even though we did this podcast and you'll probably drop it in a month or two, this will pay me for the rest of my life as long as people watch this video. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I should get a cut, Jack. I actually have a question based on um, based on you signing. You said you recently signed to like a, like a, a bigger porn company, Yeah, I right? just signed to Vixen. Okay, my question is, a lot of people online have looked at OnlyFans and seen it as like um, giving power back to the creator because back in the day, it was like known that like, you know, you would get paid a salary as an actress and stuff like this. But now it seems like you're kind of going backwards. Like you've created your following online, but then you've decided to sign um, to a company. Do you think that kind of defeats the purpose of having an OnlyFans? No, I think what I did was I signed up for probably the most HD commercial of my life. You know, I knew that if I, I browsers and Vixen were things I've been looking at for a long time. I wanted Vixen because I just wanted to feel sexy and cute. And also just, just because I felt like it'd be a cool experience in my life to, in my life to feel like a star um, in like the mainstream world. And I felt like I knew that if I did this video, I would have to give it my all because it's going to be on the internet and a lot more people are going to see it in the official porn world. And so I just knew that if I, if I, if this was a successful commercial, this would be the best lead to my OnlyFans over and over again. There's a few people that have posted some stuff of me on Pornhub. And at first I was like, oh, why would you do that? And then I realized every time people would do that, I would get so many more subscribers because they'd be like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't know you actually did that. Like, I just thought you were yeah. another bikini model that did funny stuff on the Internet. So I realized, OK, if if this if that was a, if that was a commercial, I can do a, an even better commercial. I feel like I'm just obsessed with excellence, specifically with my OnlyFans. I want it to be the perfect experience for men and for myself, because it feels good that people come there and then they're like, this is this is cool. Like, I thought you were a cool girl and then you mm -hmm. didn't let me down with some weird shit. What do you think about OnlyFans management teams and managers in general? I have my opinions about it. I don't like them, but sometimes people need them and I'm not going to say that you shouldn't. I personally feel like 
there's a lot of value in myself. There's a lot of value I've learned personally. Like I know that even if I decided to stop OnlyFans right now, I know how to make $5 million in two and a half years. And I know I can go into a company and bring that value, you know? The other thing as well is I feel like everything I know, I can teach someone to do. And if they don't, I don't like them anymore, I can fire them. However, when you sign on to an OnlyFans management team and agency, a lot of these girls have never done stuff like this before and they don't know how to make this money. And let's say they don't like this team anymore and they you know, relinquish the contract and they don't know how to make 50K a week anymore, it sucks, you know? Like I feel, uh, I, and I want, I, in my perfect world, everyone who does OnlyFans just does it because they want to do it, you know? And everything I make is because I want to do it. And obviously it's because it makes me a lot of money, but also because it brings me joy and is a great form of self-expression. And I feel like when you go into these management teams and you give them a percentage and they tell you, you have to do this. And then like, they're weird sometimes, but you can't let them go because you're in this like tight contract. I feel like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just have like weird opinions about that because I just want people to do it because they want to. So part of the value is just <clears throat> the, the, the learning basically yeah. that you get building up your own only fans, you mm -hmm. know, for a fact, you can go to a different company and your marketing stuff will translate to that company mm -hmm. and you'll be able to make this amount of money regardless of what happens to yeah, only fans. Whereas someone else that just takes all of the advice from a management team is left with nothing if that management team. Yeah. Leaves. Cause I, uh, the problems I've heard is like my friends will join a team and then they suck because a lot of them do suck. A lot of them have no proven concept of being great or growing a girl because a lot of it is, is their own personal brand, which, you know, and, and, it, and you don't want those awkward conversations where they tell you you have to do something you don't want to do. I find it virtual pimping, but I don't want to discount the girls who do have a good time because let's say you just wanted residual income. I mean, who cares? Like, I don't, you know, for me, this is like my, my life. That's my, my child. I have a personal connection to it. But I just feel like I had a friend, she didn't like her company anymore. And they were like, okay, well, if you look at the fine print, it now says that you we'll still have to pay us 10% for two years. You know, like, it's just like bullshit. Yeah, yeah like, and it's like, I, I still, you know, as casual as I am about sex and, I, I, and, and as freely as I like to give it, it's still within the fact that I have control over that and I wouldn't want people to lose control of it. Not, not necessarily because people always have sex on OnlyFans, but it's still like me, you know? I'm selling my assets, not myself, but I feel like that's still me. A little bit. Let's talk about some of your assets because I know yeah. you've invested into your body uh -huh. a little bit. My boobs. Can you talk maybe <laughs> yeah, a little how, bit about like yeah. where did you start? Body modifications. Yeah, yeah. How did you start? I I always wanted boobs. It was the biggest insecurity of my life. I always looked at women and I always was like, girls with big boobs. Maybe I'm. Well, yeah, I'm bisexual, but I would just look at them and be like, they look so feminine. You know, I just wanted these like large boobs. I felt like I would feel more at home with myself if I had boobs and. You know, people will say it's for men and whatever, but every guy I've ever been with was always like, you don't need bigger boobs. And and every time I've ever gotten a surgery, people have always said, you don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. But ultimately it was how I wanted to present myself in this world and how I wanted to feel. And so I got my boobs. That was kind, And that was kind of um, the first time I made a lot of money on OnlyFans. So at the time, my sugar daddy's like they were just like, we could pay for your boobs, but you know, you'll pay it back. <laughs> and I just didn't want to be an indentured slave yeah, over some titties. Gosh. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, let me focus on my OnlyFans and see if, if I can hit 25K. And I posted it on my Instagram with, of a thousand followers on my personal. Cause I didn't have like an actual, like, 
And I was just put, had it on my close friends. And I was like, guys, I think I'm going to make 25. I'm going to make 25K this month because I want some boobs. And lo and behold, I did it. And then oh, I was that like, wasn't your first month though. That wasn't my first month. No, right. no. How much were you making in the months uh, coming up to that? Like one k, two k. And then you just jumped from one k to the 2K twenty five. The first it was sixteen, then twenty five, wow. then fifty. But that growth happened because I was on Telegram, like asking, like I'm not shy to be a student. You know, I don't know how. I didn't know how to be hot on the internet. You know, like some it's for some girls, it's easy, but I paid for courses that were like, hey, how do you sex or hey, how do you take a nude or like, hey, how like should you caption this video? Because I thought I had awesome videos, but really it's just about the caption. Like, how are you able to create value or scarcity in this marketplace? Um, And when I started paying for those coaching courses and then that mentorship, that's when I started making a lot of money. And it always shocks people because they think you should just know that. But it's like, I mean, if you pay for real estate classes, you pay for cryptocurrency, you could pay for OnlyFans knowledge. At the time, I gained a lot of weight during COVID because I would be on my OnlyFans from 16 to 18 hours a day. Um, People at the time weren't doing collabs or like doing TikTok really or anything like that. And I just gained a lot of weight and I didn't feel good about it. And at the time I had weird opinions about working out because I was just online and I would have like insane hours because I would do all nighters because that was yeah. the best time to sex with guys. So I bought a BBL and that was. Can we talk? What is that? My Brazilian butt lift. Oh, right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And I, it jump started my like, cur- like my, my like love for fitness because I was like that shit hurts so bad I do not want to get a BBL again so I started working out and now I live in my workout clothes mm. and, and I feel a lot more in, in control of my body um I've also gotten a, uh, a chin implant really I don't know if you guys could you tell is my face different no wait since when I'm um, like since a month ago are you serious yeah yeah what does that do so uh, I don't know you can kind of see I got a chin implant um buckle fat removal and What's a neck buckle? lift well, the buckle fat what? is like been here. Lift. You couldn't tell my face is different. No. No. Well, I wasn't. Well, I wasn't really like studying you to be to be honest before. Yeah, yeah. But you but, know what? But but those are the things you don't want people to notice because yeah. then you want it to be subtle enough. Like I'm yeah. always yeah. A, a fan of like if you don't notice, that means it's done correctly. Yeah. I feel like I notices. look very refined now in my in my little my humble opinion, <laughs> but it it ultimately wasn't really a work decision. I mean, at the time, I didn't have a social media I until after my BBL. Um, it was more so like I just wanted to feel good in my body. And I remember like my partner was like, you don't need a BBL. Like, you need to just work out. And I was like, with, with like the way my body naturally was, like, it... <sighs> fuck you like no so it, it would have been a, a hard journey to possibly not ever have the framework that would carry like this type of weight gain you know or like the way like my weight is like just like you know sitting on my body um now I, it now that I work out a lot I'm able to have a lot more control over the way I look like I could slim down or I could get thicker but that's a lot of because where my weight is now placed like you know my fat cells are in my butt now yeah yeah got it and now you mentioned something about abs. Yeah, I, I did buy my abs for 2K. If I do not work out, I will look really weird. What, okay, so how does, how, how do abs Yeah, what work? does that mean? What do you mean? I, I bought an ab, I bought abs. I bought ab etching along with my BBL. What, so, so wait, so what, so what do they do exactly? How does that work? I'm not exactly sure what the procedure was, but it was just part of the things that they could do when you get a BBL. Um, I never had abs, so I wanted them. 
Um, but I will say that like in like the wait times that my weight fluctuates and then I eat out and I don't work out, mm -hmm. I will still have abs, but it will look quite unnatural. So I have to make sure that I work out and like eat right. So, so I feel like it's kind of like now a catch 22 of now you are going to stay healthy. So, okay. So my understanding is if the abs are in front of the fat, let me explain ab etching real quick. Guys. Right. Do you have so, ab etching? No, I, I researched it because when I asked liver king. I, I researched what did he get abs? He said he did not. Oh, shut up. Let me let, <laughs> let me explain what it is. So um, ab etching instead of ab implants where they put in something to pop out the abs yeah. ab etching. They're specifically sucking out the fat like in the shape of like where the the dents of the abs are so that you have a more defined ab so you don't have any fat in between. So you basically oh. shape your natural abs. That was only wow. 2K. It was only 2K. Wait, but. But so why, <laughs> why you have wait, 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 but then if you put on weight, that just goes back to the places where you just took it out from. Why not just get, um, no, because fat, the way that fat cells work, it's like, they, like they're taking out the fat cell, like it'll grow around it. Cause you mean, do you, is that what it looks like? Probably. So like, I can try to find pictures of like when I gain weight, like my abs just look strange. So, but I feel like it gave me like a new foundation. Like surgery, what surgery does is it gives you a new foundation. And with your new foundation, what you like the rest of your journey is how well you actually maintain that. Because a lot of girls, you know, who will not tell you have BBLs, their BBLs just suck or like or just like they just like lost, like like lost the fat in some way. Um, you, you have to maintain it or else it will look weird. And okay. how much do you think you've spent in total on your body? I probably spent around a hundred k or so. Hundred k. Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah. well, no, probably. Well, how much not. did each cost? About? Okay, no, I just can't fucking do math. Eight <laughs> k. Okay. Lipo three hundred and sixty and BBL fourteen k. Abs two k. Arm lipo two k. Mm, face was expensive, like twenty five k. So probably a little 50. less than a hundred. I'm not counting like post op recovery and stuff. Oh, like I wore yeah. obviously I, when I got my BBL, I wore my faha and I didn't sit for a long time and stuff like that. And I went and I sat in a recovery home. Wait, the, how does that work? You're not supposed to sit. Well, no. Last time she was here, she had this little bench thing. That Remember, she I didn't sit oh, the whole podcast. Her, her butt was hanging. Yeah. It, it was like she was sitting on her thighs, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I, and that's why I was yeah. like this the whole time. Wow. I was like way tall. Like I was sitting on my giant cushion. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeez. But I mean, the ROI, like, I don't think I am successful because I got surgery, but I will say it helped. It helped. It helped not only because I feel like no, I'm number one, more conventionally attractive, but I also just felt a lot more confident. Like I would take more yeah. opportunities. I think it's the confidence. Yeah. I think you could have done the same regardless, but now that you have the confidence, you feel more confident just pushing yeah. through that. Especially putting myself out there on social media, like getting on things like No Jumper and getting on like skits and stuff where people are like hypercritical about my appearance. I felt like before I would have just really lost a lot of sleep over the things people would say. Part of me, like always in the back of my mind, maybe it's wrong, maybe it's mm -hmm. completely wrong, but part of me also thinks like, man, I feel like porn can be, could be damaging to the uh -huh. young mind of like a, a teenage boy or something like that, you know, or growing up and, and getting that instant gratification all of the time. And then I feel like inevitably in, to some capacity, you have to, as a young person that continually watches that regularly, objectify women in, in some way, or I like feel it's, it's like hard to avoid stuff like that. What's the difference of porn like if, if like a person sees porn versus like if they see a violent movie, are they, do you feel like, like, 
if people aren't able to understand that this is entertainment, is that the is that the movie's fault? Is that the fault of Transformers and Michael Bay, or is it the fault of the of the education you receive in your household about how you should feel about the things around you? I think the problem, Jack, is just having an unrealistic expectation. Maybe that's it. That's, that's it of just point. like expecting yeah. what you see online to be a representation of yeah. what's you know, because in the you, real world. You understand it's it. not necessarily educational. And it's also like, obviously, anything in excess is bad. You know, if I eat a bunch of French fries every day and then I only eat French fries because I don't know how to cook anything but French fries, it's going to be pretty shitty for me. I, I think when people say that porn is harmful, I think at the root of it, we need to start having better conversations about sex and our expectations on sex with people, even when they're younger, you know, about like what porn is and what sexuality is and what you're actually seeing and how it's not necessarily a reflection of the reality we live in. It is a fantasy that we're providing. But on top of that, with OnlyFans, OnlyFans is so much more diverse in terms of like the content you're able to see. So it's not necessarily always porn, but even if it were to be porn, it's not necessarily like the, you know, like a girl that looks like me with like perfect proportions, fucking guy with like a 10 inch dick. It could just be like normal looking people doing normal things. And when we start normalizing it and sort of, instead of seeing it as like this taboo thing we should all avoid, we start realizing that it's just an act that people do and not necessarily something that is like evil or should deserve or deserves consequences for being enjoyed. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, one final thought that I hear a lot, right? Not necessarily that I believe this, but I hear that like porn can be damaging to the family unit because people are getting married at a lot older ages now and they're having children at less rates. Elon Musk tweeted that he thinks that like the collapse of the population is going to be one of the biggest threats to humanity in the, I don't know, in the coming years or whatever. Um, because people can avoid going out and trying to meet people in public and their hormones that they have within them, right? Like for a dude, like their testosterone, like maybe it's depleted when you do your stuff. I wouldn't trust any weird thing that comes out that guy's mouth, but, <laughs> um, I, I don't think that's necessarily porn's fault. I think what's happening is during COVID, people have really had a hard time learning how to communicate with each other and kind of go outside and take chances when they misunderstand one another. I feel like during COVID, everyone went online and it's easy to say things and it's easy to experience life on the internet. And that's not necessarily a porn thing. That's just the thing that happened when everyone is forced to be yeah. inside. And now that we're all back outside, people have just kind of like, kind of absorb like these, these same type of social cues you learn on the internet. And now they're like bringing it to people in real life. And that's why I feel like People are people seem angrier to me, you know, and people seem a lot harder to compromise with or like kind of reach like a level ground with. And that's not necessarily a porn thing. That's more so an Internet thing. You know, like mm -hmm. I feel like we're just not learning how to become more social and learning how to communicate. I don't think there's a problem with people getting married later. I think as long as people are getting married because they want to get married and they're more stable and they're able to create like a loving present household whatever you get married is totally fine um and if porn was something that were to become an issue in someone's relationship that's not necessarily it's not like a cigarette's fault you died it's because, like it's like your choices right. for continually like chain smoking yeah. for 20 years this has years. been a long-standing trend though of yeah. uh, yes people yeah. uh, 
you know, getting married later and mm-hmm. all that, not having kids. But I think it's a lot of the internet. Mm-hmm. It's easier to have that interaction online. It's so much simpler than than going out and like think of how much effort it takes to like get ready, yeah. go out. You have to be, or you could just sit on the computer, do nothing, and just yeah. chat with your friends. Another thing that I heard is that uh, millennials are getting married later in part because they're moving out of their parents' home later True. because they're choosing to stay home and save or it's too expensive to move out so they stay at home. I think that's another big contributor. And the divorce rates when you get married after 25 drop substantially. The more education Which you have also good. drops. Yay! Uh, yeah, because we all hear the statistic like 50% of divorce, uh, 50% of divorces end in marriage. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marriages end in divorce. But that takes into account like third marriages or like if, yeah, if, you, if you're married twice, your chances of divorce are significantly higher. And I think actually uh, more recently, it's about 65% stay married. So you're more likely to stay married. But then again, you could also argue, well, they haven't been together long enough to maybe oh, get divorced. So like right. you have to go through the entire life, you know, life. You have to wait so. till they die. To you get have to that wait till they statistic. die to get the true statistic. Because <laughs> what if they're married for 20 years and then they, you know, divorced? Is that you know at what age does that factor yeah in? i think so, i don't know people i think people are getting also the thing of the internet is i feel like people are able to when people find their little community they're able to make more assumptions about the monsters that they don't understand and i feel like that just create that creates more division and i feel like that like that destroys communication you know i feel like for example like someone can assume something if i if you say only fans girl people have a myriad of assumptions about that based on what com- what community of the internet you're from and from those assumptions people will decide they don't want to give you the time of day or they don't whereas in real life when you would actually just go outside to parties and meet people people will tell you like hey i'm trans or hey i'm different than you and people will just have to learn how to navigate the world with differences like that i like how what i see like a, a deep value of yours is just respect for people and I, yeah. I think that's that that's really good. I think a lot of people lack respect for people that, you know, have opposing viewpoints that they have nowadays. Yeah, I, I just feel like it's important to learn empathy first and foremost. And I'm coming from a place where I feel like I, I'm oh, I'm misunderstood often. And one part is because I put myself on the internet and, you know, I dance and I talk about gangbangs. But at the same time, I don't feel like I need to intellectualize, intellectualize that because I don't necessarily think doing all that sexy stuff means I'm less intelligent or like less deserving of respect. I feel like what speaks la- like most importantly is what I'm able to contribute to the community and how I make other people feel. And if I make people feel good, what is the harm in that, you know? If I make them feel good in a healthy way where they understand that the things that I create are entertainment and not necessarily a replacement for actual human connection. What are you doing now with all this money that you're making? Where is it going? I, you know what? I was telling someone like most of my money was in the S&P. And now I like every time I talk to my finance people, they're like, look, there's a lot going on. And I'm always like, uh, I'm just going to keep it there. Right. I obviously had a little bit in crypto, but not enough, but not a lot because I just don't really understand the space enough. I will get into real estate next year. They had issues with my tax return this year, so I just couldn't get into it. But I want to get a bunch of multifamilies and start either like airbnb it or doing something with that. 
I want to like diversify my income into YouTube okay. and just get like other brand opportunities that aren't necessarily attached to me being like a sexual person. So I've been working on that. You know, I did the billboard, I did a YouTube video on that. So I'm going to see where that takes me. Um, but mostly my money, if it's not spent on marketing and if it's not spent on like putting it back into the, the S&P, yeah. then it's me traveling and just living my life. I just came back from Berlin and I just feel like people are the best books. And it was just such a different space over there compared to here. So I just like want to continually understand people. Mm, I like that. What are some of the, the biggest problems you see facing society nowadays? Um, Ooh, good question. This is, such, like uh, this is so funny because I, I feel it's so funny because when I think about our last interview, I was like, dicks, dicks, pussy. Yeah. So we had like such a different this question. I know this is a 180. I, I, like, <laughs> I know. I who like, is this person? Yeah, I like was like, let, let's forget what I said there. <laughs> um, you know what we could? We could charge uh, money to see. Through the an OnlyFans paywall to see yeah, the original. Yeah. I was literally just thinking Were you that. actually? Yes, I was literally thinking that right as soon as you said that. The problem is someone's going to copy it. Though. Yeah. No, yeah. and also. And it's going to get out. Uh. Like the things like if they clip out something yes. and it makes it to YouTube. So I already combated that idea. Yeah, like immediately. Yeah, okay. You get yeah. a DMCA and then just keep fighting it, but no, it'll come out wanna, regardless. It's, yeah. It's going to come out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the biggest problem, this is such, these are such like giant questions. I think the biggest problem, um, nowadays, <laughs> I want to put Andrew Tate through a hydraulic press, bro. I think he is my Hitler. <laughs> I think he is like one of the worst things to come about in this world. Why? What, because what, what I think, think when you, it's not that his views are new. It's the fact that he is able to influence so many impressionable people who are already, who are looking for people just like them to find a community. And then he, he gets you with this thing where it starts off with being with like with a self-fulfillment which is something we should all do but then he makes it something hateful and it just doesn't it's not going to create a better world for us it, it's it's it creates a more hateful divisive world when we put people in boxes and we have expectations for each other that are and we pretend that this reality is an objective reality we all have to follow the same rules in when that's not the case like the world is so much bigger than the small niche community that you're talking to. But what you're doing is you're creating a more violent world. And when you desensitize people with jokes and just and with with jokes like that or or just like, you know, it, it, they and these people already don't know how to talk about to articulate how they feel and their differences and they already feel alone and angry. It's just going to you. All you do is create violence. You, you create yeah. a more violent world for people that you don't like. Because I've already started seeing like smaller people in the same vein as Andrew Tate start branching out and start spewing their own hateful things about black people, about trans people, about this, about that. And what you're doing is you're making it okay to be hateful. And I feel like I'll get crucified for this, but I didn't have a, I don't have a huge problem with like woke culture. I think if we're, as long as we are working towards just making this a more comfortable place for all of us to navigate in, let's fucking do it. Some pe it's not cancel culture. It's sometimes people say something insane and they should, there should be consequences for that. You know, there should be opportunities that are lost because you should not be able to influence people that way. And I feel like as long as we keep 
enabling that type of behavior. And again, I'll get crucified for this because I did an e-date with Andrew Tate and I got the clout off that. And I also obviously make money, you know. What was it? What was the e-date? So what I did an e-date with Aiden Ross. Um, I didn't know who Andrew Tate was. I just was trying to win. Um, but I just was trying to win. So I was saying things like, yes, you can impregnate me and we can create like a family. And I think that was one of the clips that I I'm saw. I'm sorry yeah. you saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know so, who he was. Afterwards, all my friends were like, dude, what the fuck? That was the first time I ever heard of him. Yeah. I'm not really in that circle of the world. But then he became like this huge deal. Yeah. And even now just talking about him, I hate it because I can recognize the game. What he's doing is causing discussion, which is what I do all the time. But I just feel like it's like, why is the discussion continually about rationalizing my humanity? You know, it's like, I don't want to play devil's advocate when you're playing with my life. And I feel like people don't think that way. Why or do you they think he's playing with your life in what way? He's playing with the lives of like women, you know? And I, and I feel like what, he do, like what he does is he becomes this figurehead for guys who identify with that. But those guys are never going to become Andrew Tate, you know. But when those guys, some of them are going to become big in their own sense. And they're going to copy the same techniques like what I did. And they're just going to create a more hateful world, you know. When, yeah. you, when you start saying that women don't have thoughts or women should have their body counts on their heads. And you're talking... To, you're speaking to the choir of people who already agree with you because they already don't want to try to understand women, then, yeah, it does create violence because when those people enter relationships, like, those people just won't be happy. You're going to say, or, or you, you're implying that those guys are going to say, oh, you, you've been with too many people and we're going to cut this. You're, their worth is tied to, tied to that is what you're saying. It, what, what they're doing is I feel like we are radicalizing young men. Mm -hmm into because the algorithm once you interact with a subject with some subject matter you will be inundated with that propaganda yes memes are propaganda that's something i've learned myself like the more you like 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 these children are being radicalized and it's going to create a worse world like it's increasingly becoming more difficult to call out people when they say something insane right like like Kanye West saying something about George Floyd overdosing on fentanyl or saying something about Jews, that should not be a thing you should be able, you should be comfortable saying. Yeah. So why is that even a controversial take? You know, like I'm going to say that right now. It's going to get clipped. People are going to fight in the comments. But why are we even at this point in society where people even want to rationalize that? We need better heroes. But what I'm trying to say is like one of the most... I said Andrew Tate, but what I mean to say is that, like, we are ra like the big one of the biggest problems in the world right now is the fact that we are radicalizing people into really extreme positions, like into really extreme ideology ideologies. That's just one example. Well, I think that's social media in general. Yeah, so you have to be an extreme one side or the other. The middle gets no attention, so you have to be like yeah. You have and to take extreme views that's, because that's what gets the engagement, which gets pushed. And that's kind of an issue. And it's kind of a thing that's a catch-22. Again, I'm a hypocrite, you know, because I obviously lean into being extreme and talking about extreme stuff because what gets views, you know? Like sometimes if I just talk about my normal life, then it doesn't get views and it feels like a waste of time. But those choices are 
are very brave, you know, because sometimes you don't want to say those things because I don't want to say this and then I'll yeah. lose my social media. Because the difficult, yeah, the that. difficult part is I feel like there's not a lot of self-help out there for young men. There's really not. That's I mean, genuine. That's just not built on hate. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But I think there's a lot of, a lot of young guys out there who are just, if they're spending a lot of time online, they don't get that practice socializing and it. And it mm -hmm. takes you like going out all the time and meeting friends and putting yourself out there. And it's really, really, really difficult. Uh, and, and there's not that sort of guide out there really to, to show people, I think, in, in a way that's that's maybe productive or, or really is more like a step-by-step -step tutorial of like, hey, you got to go and introduce yourself to five people today and shake hands and follow up with 20 people. Uh, hang out with someone tonight. It's like all that sort of stuff you have to kind of learn on your own. Yeah, that's why I liked Europe when I like went like last week because I was just, it was just a very much more in-person society. Mm -hmm. And because it was a more in-person society, I found it more of a, I wasn't specifically in Berlin. Um, I found it much more of a tolerant society because I felt like you just meet people and then you realize that they're different. And then if you care about someone and they say something that isn't, that is hurtful, you say, hey, I, I don't think you should say that. And I'm saying that because I care about you, not because I have a moral compass and I'm white knighting or I'm trying to virtue signal because it makes me feel good. I'm saying because I want to keep you in my life and you make me uncomfortable when you say shit like that. And I feel like that's a sentence that so many people just can't say. I feel like it's terribly difficult for them to say that. And if I am wrong about something, I'm comfortable saying like, okay, I should not have said that. You know, there's consequences of that I've of things I've said on No Jumper that I will live with, you yeah. know? But I understand the consequences of my actions when I say those things and how it impacts people. Yeah, I think it's just a lot at the end of the day of building someone's self-esteem and finding their place and passion in the world. And I think it's going through that self-discovery. It's is probably from the age of like fifteen to I would say thirty. For a lot yeah. of people, it's like those ages, I think, are so just like formative. Yeah. And you have to want to change yourself and try to want to improve. And I think a lot of people either want a shortcut or they just have no interest. I think what happens is you're in a community and number one, it's hard to tell your friends like, hey, shit's not funny because you don't want to be you don't want people to make fun of you. But you don't want to be out ousted from this community. You know, when you enter like you know, a certain part of the internet, whether it's on Reddit or Twitter, and you say something that people disagree with, you know, sometimes you have to leave that community. And a lot of people, well, for a lot of people who aren't socially adjusted, that's like the worst thing that could ever happen to them. And so they will just kind of like laugh along or, or start internalizing the propaganda they're seeing and say, yeah, women don't have thoughts. You know, and that's, at first it starts with a joke and then they start kind of being like, no, like, I mean, everyone kind of agrees with me, right? And then sometimes they say something and someone says, you shouldn't say that. And they say, fuck you, bitch. Like, I'm able to say it because I'm, you know, I'm this person yeah. and I have a blue check. And and I feel like it's just a catch-22 of like just a, a very toxic ideology. That's one of the things that's wrong in this world right now. That, is, that's is the most long-winded answer I'm curious ever. if there's a, is, is there a female version of this? I, I, I'm sure there is. I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I would say what people argue is what you say earlier is that they believe that is that out from outside looking in, people will say that porn is can be a toxic thing. But again, I believe that's just your own relationship with sex, because mm. I feel like a lot of people watch porn and they have healthy relationships with people outside in the world. You know, I, I don't think that's a necessary deterrent for having communication. I think if you're terminally online and you don't communicate with people outside of people just like you, then you will have problems no matter what. Um, I, I feel like there, I'm sure there are like, like, like toxic female 
things. I feel like there. I feel like with women, a lot of the toxic things that that are part of like certain communities exist in retaliation to the way they feel about men. Probably. You know. You know what? That reminds me. Uh, on Reddit, there's uh the thing. It's what was it? The red pill. Mm-hmm. The opposite of that that I heard on Reddit, and I read some of this, it's wild. It's called female dating strategies. Oh, wait, I've seen that. Yeah. And some of that stuff is oh so funny. Oh my gosh. What is, what <laughs> we should pull up. We should strategy. just pull up like one of the top threads sure. and see what they say. Okay, some of their uh, stuff is so funny. Okay, actually, I lied. I definitely have some female friends who I feel like, again, have like. I think the problem is just having like weird expectations about the other sex for whatever reason, like feeling like you owe me money or, or, or like whatever, because I have pussy and whatever. And then weaponizing sex to kind of make sure that you do my life. I don't know, but I just feel like just grow out of it. Like, I think get your like, own money. like one thing that's being propagandized, if that's a word on the other side to a, maybe not a similar degree, but just in general is like the hate all men type thing. Yeah which I've heard a lot. And in fact, uh, I actually went on a Tinder date with someone who and she hated said all she men subscribed to the hate all men ideology. Oh, which didn't really make sense to me personally because she was on a date with me. Yeah. But it didn't necessarily make me feel very secure nor confident in the. Was she like joking date. or no. was she, no. I, I think when women say that, I like to think what they mean is they don't like, the systemic things that patriarchy has created over the history of time that have made living and navigating this world as a woman difficult. Or maybe she means the actual male race. I don't know. <laughs> I think that they're probably combining the two. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, like because of this, uh-huh. you should think this, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's... I don't, See, the thing is, in terms of, like, men incels and and fem cells i i guess i kind of see like where this pain comes from but it's just like a mis it's so misguided well what really is going to help us is focusing on first of all our individualized relationships with each other and not like basing like the choices we make based off memes and shit we see on the internet and actually just getting to know someone Mm -hmm. whatever the hell their astrology sign or whatever the hell their credit score is um yeah (laughs) <laughs> I think it's just the extremism on both yeah. sides. It's, yeah, it's really yeah. hard to think for yourself because it's a lot easier just to be told what to think, yeah. especially from people that are put in positions of power, right? Mm-hmm. Where if they have that blue check, you're like, oh, I should believe them. Or some sports celebrity says something and you're like, I should believe them because they're successful in their given niche. Yeah. I was telling someone, I feel like it's because as a, I, I'm not religious, but I feel like because people just generally aren't more like, like people defend Kanye West like he's like Jesus or something. Like it's insane to me. I feel like because people aren't necessarily like religion worked for a long time and I guess it still does work because of they there was again the sense of community where people felt like they had like a common objective which was to go to heaven or whatever. And now it's like I I just feel personally I feel personally connected to Tory Lanez no matter what he says or does you know and I feel like because of this like intense celebrity culture where we're seeing all this news and these people can pay each other off to like post like whatever propaganda they want like a lot of impressionable people are able to just choose sides and like really stand their ground and loyalty with these on about these people they don't even know yeah, I couldn't find anything on them that was interesting. Yeah, on the female dating strategy. It, it would take me too much what time. Is, what is the female but dating strategy? I think it's it's the women's version. I could be totally off here. The women's version of the red pill, where 
I think it's. I, I hate making making up an explanation here, yeah, but that, yeah. that's probably all I'll leave it at <laughs> yeah. uh, without doing my research. Yeah, I was like, you were like, I think it's bad. <laughs> no, I remember reading something back then of like, yeah, you want to do this and you're don't tell him this and you better not call him back at this time. It's like like the, the pickup version for women. Oh, I see. I, I think see. I always tell people like nowadays when you are an adult woman. And I'm like, I'm 25. And it's like, I, I talk to people, the type of person I like is someone who number one has a healed perspective on women and isn't ashamed about sex and believe, and doesn't believe sex should have, con enjoying sex should have consequences, which I feel like a lot of people feel like, like you, you like sex, that's really bad. Like you, you should only be with someone like you really, really like. But these like pickup artists, both for man, men and women, I feel, I mean, they probably existed before the internet when people struggle to like find a date and stuff. But it's like, as an adult woman, I decide if I want to get to know a guy, like just talking to him and any type of strategy, like a, it's just coercion after a point because either I decided I wanted to spend time with you or I didn't. If you keep kind of badgering me with like whatever you think is like a clever line or whatever, I mean, I'll... I just, just most times it just doesn't work because I already decided I'm not attracted to you in yeah. some sense or form. The best thing you can do is just focus on making sure you're your best self. Yeah, well, I, think I agree of, with that. I think a lot of it is learning how to showcase who you are as a person. And then I you think, attract what but, you are. Yeah, but I think most guys out there have no idea how to do that in terms of like effectively communicating who they are, what they stand for. Uh, and building up that confidence. And that's yeah. where I think it, I don't, I don't think it's a line or anything. Like I, that. I totally disagree with the idea of like, oh, you got to think of a super clever response and wait yeah. three hours to respond. I, I'm like, just I like, hate I've those always games. hated it because it's just like, just be who you are. And if How's she, that working for you, Jack? Fantastic. <laughs> it's great. Okay, okay fantastic. Maybe not the greatest. Sometimes, but sometimes I'm not really putting myself out there, okay? Jack's I'm conversation not, is going great, though. In the beginning, though. Thanks. We well, would, I've gotten more yeah. confident. And yeah, I think see? confidence yeah. is a huge part of being able to. <laughs> be attractive you know what i mean yeah i feel like you just attract what you are like when i was a very insecure girl coming out of my dad's house i attracted people who were just as insecure and sick and twisted you know and now that i just know myself that people i talk to are just as confident and just and just as attractive and as long as you are presenting your best best self you're going to attract people who are attracted to that which is what they are and there's no game to play really can you say one thing that you like or a good thing about Andrew Tate? Um, I, I like his, I, I respect his strategy. His strategy with the hustle thing was cool, which is why I did it with my simps or slash fans. You know what I mean? Like I, anyone who can get to any type of, who can get such a huge audience is not an idiot. You know, like you, and, and every, like you, I'm not an idiot, you know, like no matter what people, if you, I don't have to agree with anything he says to not recognize that whatever he is, he is a very smart guy and he knows how to do a lot of things, which a lot of people don't do, which is do, which is how to influence. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's doing. He's learning how to influence people. Like even right now, unwarranted, I'm talking about him, you know, because I have a strong opinion about that. And if people talk about me, then that means that I have influence. Um, but most of all, I just respected his um, like his like affiliate link strategy thing. I found that mm -hmm. a very smart thing. And what yeah. do you think are some pillars of a successful relationship? What does a relationship need in like, order to- Like a romantic relationship? Yes. Um, shared values, shared values. I feel like 
ultimately, if I believe something about, and I'm not just saying like you like pineapple pizza, I don't like pineapple pizza, but I'm saying certain things like, okay, like if I wanted to get an abortion, are we able to do that? Or is that something you just couldn't do? Or like, what are your thoughts financially about like, if I need to move across this country, are we going to move? Um, shared values is the biggest thing and shared interests too. You know, I want to be able to talk to someone who like just knows, likes the same things I do, or at least is open to it. You know, and I think another thing too, is just like, you just gotta want to, you, you have to like me. And I think a lot of the times like chemistry, I think a lot of the times people forget that crucial thing in relationships is I feel like sometimes people want to establish a power dynamic. You know, like they're like, cause maybe because that's how they were when they were kids and their parents had a power dynamic. But I don't want to control you and I don't want you to control me. Ultimately, we are together because you like me and I like you and I want to spend time with you and I want to grow with you in some capacity. Maybe not forever, but I like you. And, and that goes for even like friends. You know, I don't establish certain rigid expectations on my best friend why would i do it with my boyfriend i'm in an open relationship but if, even if i was in a monogamous relationship is my person is my person able to navigate the world comfortable knowing that i won't get mad over everything like well, is, is he happy to be with me because i'm happy to be with him i i don't all all relationships you know you get you give each other stuff you know not necessarily because it's based on transactional things but like I want to feel happy when I'm with you, you know, and I feel you just have to like someone. You don't have to come into a relationship thinking like, I need you to do this. And I, you know, you can't go outside with your friends at 10 p.m. on a friend's birthday because that's what sluts do. You know, mm -hmm. like I want to know that I'm able to be my own person. Yeah, I would actually agree with that. I think the three that I always end up saying are like shared values, shared interests and just general chemistry, which is general chemistry. Like. And, and it's just like learning how to be independent. I want to want you i don't want to need you i don't want my lifestyle to be bit which is why i always preach to women you need to be financially independent it's not cute it's not cute to depend on a guy to say to like to to like because you don't want to demean yourself because this guy pays rent you know like i want to be able to be in a relationship because i want to and if we're not happy then i can just leave i don't have to consider like oh my god i my car is under your name. Like you'll take my car if you don't like me anymore. I think trust is another big one. Trust. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Are you signing a prenup? Yeah. Yeah. As you should, yeah. you know, and we've talked so openly about this. On yeah. The podcast. yeah. <laughs> you believe in prenups? Yeah. I'll sign a prenup, mm -hmm. but I, again, don't go into my relationships thinking about what they can do for me. You know, I, I can't, I came into it because I just liked the person mm -hmm. and I mean, whatever makes them feel comfortable is just what I'm going to do within reason. <laughs> no, you said your OnlyFans was three dollars a month. My OnlyFans is three dollars a month. Can, I, I'm not shouting it out, but, but <laughs> you guys know where to find it. Okay, so how do you break up your OnlyFans, like percentage-wise, oh. like tips, subscription? How does it total? What was it like three, four hundred thousand dollars a month or something? I probably make around three hundred thousand dollars a month now. Last month was kind of low at two seventy-four, but the month before that, I did three. 34, which wow. is cool. That's cool. incredible. And I also have a fansly, which generates about 40 to 50K a month. That's mm -hmm. just my OnlyFans backup. $3 is a low acquisition cost for you to be able to see hundreds and thousands of pictures and videos. Now, if you want a more personalized connection, such as like a, a scene with me and Johnny Sins, or like us 
sexting that would be an additional cost. I keep everything reasonable, you know, because again, I'm here for a sustainability. You mm. know, I'm here for a long time. Not a, I'm here for a good time and a long time. <laughs> here for a long time, not if a good time. If you were to draw a pie, though, how would you allocate the little pieces of the pie? Or the big piece, I would I say, say messages is a big one because mm. obviously, like people buy videos in the messages or like will sext. Like if you want me to on the spot get naked in this like Denny's bathroom, I guess I'll do it for thirty dollars. You know, right now I'm okay, sure. Um, if I I would say a big thing too is subscriptions. Like those three dollars fucking add up because I would say about a thousand or so people join every day just to see what's going on. You know, because three dollars is a low acquisition cost to be like, okay, I can see what's I like it. I feel or and a lot of my friends also just support what I do. They see the billboard and they're like, that's funny, you know, and they'll they'll support support that way. So I feel like those things are kind of like the main stuff that like make me a lot of money. Love it. Cool. All right. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so we much for coming it. back on, Kazumi. We really appreciate it. Was it way it. better than the first one? I loved Fantastic. it. Fantastic. Yeah, it was a great episode. Woohoo. Really so. cool. Thank Sweet. you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe. We'll link to your info. Guys, down make sure below to buy Lexar cards. Check me out, JLSSCLBY uh, on Instagram. Her Instagram will be linked down below in the description. Yeah, check out, check out Kazumi and her YouTube. Check out Kazumi's YouTube channel now. And get a free stock. Enjoy. See you guys. I want a free stock. Public.com slash Thank you.